So much in life is scripted, but this is unedited. Listen in as we have casual conversations about art and faith. Welcome to Unedited. I'm Farley Sander Ford. And I'm Jennifer Chetler. So this week in our podcast, uh, we are going to be talking to Gallery Edit's featured artist for June. Every first Friday of the month, the galleries in the Arts District downtown will open, uh, they'll stay out a little bit late, open a little bit later, and showcase new work uh, for the month. So uh, Gallery Edit being in the Arts District, we participate in that as well. So this first Friday in for the month of June, we featured the artist of my cohort, Jennifer. So uh, for this podcast this week, I'm going to be asking her some questions about her work. And uh, at the end, you'll be able to perhaps see some of this work for yourself. So I have some questions here, and most of these are two-part, yeah. at least two- or three-part questions. So I'll just take it one part at a time. So these are like the questions that the press secretary gets. <laughs> And and they do do like to, I'd have to write them down, so you may have to tell them to ask That's me okay. several times. I have everything written okay. in front of me here, so right. we, we can go one step at a time. Okay. All right, so first question is, the so the title of the show for June is Edit From Slash 2. So and all of our shows are Edit colon, some, colon something. Whatever. That's just the pattern of how we title our shows. In light of that title, could you tell me maybe a little bit more about the theme for your show? Sure. The whole show idea came um, from a sermon I heard in church a year ago. And the sermon series um, was called From Two, so I pretty much took it from that. <laughs> um, but one of the sermons within that was on the, the freedom we find in our faith. But the whole idea was um, you're coming from something and going to something in a spiritual sense, in um in a, in a like a personal growth sense mm -hmm. um so that's kind of the idea of change and growth and yeah so that that's really where that title came from but but basically I stole it from my pastor sorry <laughs> that's just what I did uh so in light of this of this theme of going from something to something else uh how do specifically the works that you made for the show in light of that these ideas, um, both works of pottery and also you got some mixed media things going on as well. Mm -hmm. How do they respond as a whole to that theme? I know you could probably go through like each one. And right, say, but. right. As I was making things and thinking about that, I was thinking of things that I have struggled with personally. And so I was thinking of concepts and ideas of things that I've either found freedom from in my faith or through my faith or things that I want to find freedom from but um it's it, they're almost all of them are things that they're personal things from my own um my own experience and my own faith so thinking specifically about one particular piece uh for this show my personal favorite piece is the one titled expectations mm, a lot of people like that one. yeah and um so the first thing i'm gonna add a part to this question. Mm -hmm. So for those who weren't able to come to the first Friday or haven't yet seen your artist statement or the gallery statement about these pieces, can you tell us a little bit about the piece itself? Like what are mm -hmm. the 
kind of ideas behind the sure. piece of expectation? Well, let me explain the piece. Because it's really Give you cool. kind of a visual um, image. I threw over 20, maybe 30 cylinders, um, all various shapes, and um, mounted them to like a, I think it's like two foot by four feet wide board um, that was stained. But I mounted them all so they're like jutting out at you. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the bottom of them. So if you imagine the board sitting flat, and then you set all these cylinders, like cups, upright on it, and then hang that on the wall because they're all glued. So they're, it, they're, it's kind of, it's not how you are used to seeing um, one cylinders, two thrown pottery because mm-hmm. they then become things that can hold things like cubbies, like mm-hmm. round shelves, if I, I can have a better way to say it. Um, so that's what it looks like. And then they all had, well, not all, I glazed the bottoms of them. The, the clay is unfinished. Um, it's fired, but isn't, there's no glaze on the whole, on each of the cylinders except for the bottom um, of each one, which, you know, you're looking at because it sits flat against the board. Um, so some of them are brightly colored. Some of them have no color. Some of them have things in them. Some of them don't. So the ideas behind it were uh, expectations. Uh, it's such a complex thing. Um, expectations are something that uh, we need. I think when I first started thinking about it, I thought expectations are bad. Having expectations of any kind are bad because yeah. they just put pressure on people. They put that word should in there, which always like leads to disappointment. But the more I started thinking about it and actually reading about it, we need some expectations. Like they help model they help shape behavior if I never like if I didn't expect my kids to clean their rooms they never would have cleaned their rooms Mm -mm. so you know if you don't expect your dog to go to the bathroom outside your dog's not going to go to the bathroom outside Mm -hmm. so some expectations are good um, but some of them I think when we start putting them on ourselves and each other um one with motives maybe that aren't pure or good, two things that are unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Um, they can just be overwhelming and crushing, and not just lead to disappointment, but um, yeah, they just overwhelming. They just they're they are not always good. So I was trying to set that up with that piece of. Sometimes when you look in, you're surprised, and there's a beautiful color, and sometimes there's nothing, and sometimes you can't really see into the back. But I, I kind of wanted people to have to look in mm-hmm. to all of those little holes. That's really cool. Uh, that's one of the main reasons that is my favorite piece, because mm-hmm. of the idea of, of expectations. In thinking about your your own experiences, which you have, have told us that are really important to to the, a lot of the works that you made for this piece, or for this show, rather. Uh, so how have your own experiences with expectations, either, like you talk about putting expectations on other people mm-hmm. or even putting expectations on yourself, uh, how have your experiences with those things helped you to grow in some way? Mm. I think um, what I came to in all of that is that I, I don't think God puts expectations on us. I think he just wants to be in relationship with us. And if if you act out of love in relationship with someone else, 
Yeah, I, I, I think it's different. I think it, it then is not, you're not using that word should mm -hmm. you, because you have the same desires. So I think, I think that's where the growth has been for me is just realizing that all of these things that feel like pressure to me are not in fact coming from God. They're coming from people, other people, and they're coming from myself. Mm -hmm. And I just, I think God uh, wants more for us and calls us to more. I think, I think the, a life in relationship with him, in, in deep relationship with him, and in faith that is hopefully maturing is going to be free from that. I'm not, I'm not going to have this expectation of, oh, I have to, you know, have a quiet time every day for an hour and it's, you know it's it's going to be I want to spend time with God not as a, not as a, of an expectation or that word should mm -hmm. it comes from a desire of my heart my next set of running questions is in regards to your artistic practice and uh, thinking specifically about you as a potter and molding clay and the the way that that clay works as a material. Uh, is there, what is at least one thing, you can name more than one though, mm -hmm. what is one thing that you really enjoy specifically about working with clay? Mm. Um, it's funny, the things that I love about it are also things that I hate about it. Which <laughs> is funny how that works. Mm -hmm. um, Interesting. I love that it takes time, that nothing, um, you know, there's so many steps to the process. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that there's no, like, you know, immediate, quick thing. I also hate that because I'm impatient. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I make the thing and I want it to be done, like, right, right. away. You know, because I'm excited right. because in my head it's done. But the reality of it is, is that's, gotta go that's not how it works, right? It's got to dry. It's got to be bisque fired. It's got to be glazed. It's got to be glazed fired. And hopefully all those things went well and it'll make it in mm -hmm. the end. Um, I also, I also like, um, how versatile it is. I like how much you can do with clay. And I know there are other mediums that are, you could probably say that about, uh, and I also like how permanent it is mm -hmm. that it lasts for so long. Um, which is, there's some weight to that for me as an artist in that yeah. what, what I make is going to rattle around this earth for a long time. So I, like, I don't want to make crap because it will, you know, and when I make things that are not good, uh, I I usually smash them. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I don't, just because my name's on it, it could be here for a thousand years just by the basic There's properties of it, yeah. right? And so I I there it makes me think about what I'm making. I worked for a um, a potter in college. Um, I was her studio assistant, and I remember talking to her, and she was not a person of faith, but we had many many conversations about all kinds of stuff, and she talked about wanting to be cremated. And I said, are you going to have a tombstone somewhere? And she said, I have thousands of tombstones all around the world. And I mm. thought, wow, okay. Like that was a whole, you know, I was yeah. 19 or 20, and I thought, okay, that's really interesting, and I'm going to tuck that one away. So my next question is going back to the uh specifically the pieces you made for this show mm -hmm. and as you were thinking through those pieces how they were going to look and what you what ideas they were going to portray um and also the actual making of the pieces is there something new 
that you learned or was there maybe something that you saw with like a new perspective in the through as you're like thinking through all these ideas in the making well I can tell you this show was um because of my current role it was a weird place for me to be mm-hmm. because I you know we sort of do it collectively but I am the curator so it was an odd place for me to be the artist to wear all the hats at once was mm-hmm. it was weird um so I would think it would be stressful yeah it was a little stressful because you know I didn't make anything I didn't want to show right you know what I mean so right. it was just it was just especially weird. talking about like the permanence of right the play right I wouldn't have, right I wouldn't purposeful. have made it if I didn't want to show it so so all of that was kind of weird um but I think I really tried to, this show let me do things that I don't normally get to do. A lot of ideas that I have, because I, you know, pottery is a business for me. Like I'm trying to um, make money at it. Like it's a job. It is also an artistic endeavor and a a very rewarding one, but it it is also a job. Mm -hmm. So this show um, was really a gift in that I, I could make a ceramic quilt you know I've been wanting to do that and that's not something that people buy yeah um but it's something I wanted to to do and and let me talk about you know community which I wanted to talk about um so yeah it I think that's what it did it was it, it let me explore things that I sort of have dabbled in like the big mosaic I did the diptych mm-hmm. I've made lots of mosaics um I did one that was about that size, but it was a commission and it was a sign and it like, there was not a lot of artistic freedom in it. Um, so it just really let me take a lot of the things that I do for my business, but go 10 steps further. Cause I really got to talk about ideas and concepts that were meaningful to me. The last question that I have is again, a two parter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first part is in, in your experiences, um, what are some of the challenges that potters face in terms of their craft, their business? You talked mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. Uh, running a business. What are the some of the challenges that you have encountered or that you see have seen in your potter community? Mm-hmm. And uh, are there any of these challenges that have surprised you? Okay, so we're, we're talking about the business end of it now, not the art end. However. Okay. Um... Gosh, I feel like I'm still learning about the business end. I don't feel like, um, certainly not an expert on it. Um, I mean, the public always surprises me, mm-hmm. interacting with the public. Like how they respond shows. to pieces? Or yeah, how they... how they respond. How And some people are really thoughtful and understand and get it. And some people, um, you know, don't see a whole lot of difference between a handmade item and, like, what they can buy at Target. Mm-hmm. And so... There's always that, but I mean, I would guess all craftspeople encounter that. When you're making things that are functional, you know, unless people are um, knowledgeable, they're just thinking of, oh, I need a mug. I can buy this mug for $30, or I can go to Walmart and buy a mug for $5. And so it's not wrong. They're just uninformed, and and that's fine, you know. And those people typically aren't my customers anyway, and that's fine. You know, Mm -hmm. that's fine. Um, but I think what I've been surprised at is how much work it takes, how much time it takes and how much work it is to 
to wear all the hats, which most people in my line of work do. Mm-hmm. I had to learn about social media. I had to learn about uh, marketing, advertising, interacting with retail market. Like I, I had to learn all of that. When I went to college, you know, I graduated in 95. No one taught us any of that. No one told us how to put a portfolio together. No one told us how to wholesale our work. Um, when is it right to wholesale? When should you do consignment? How do you find a good show? Mm-hmm. They taught us how to make it. They did not tell us how to make a business around it. Yeah. Um, so those are all things that I did for a while. It's interesting if you look at my business before and after social media. Like I did it before social media and then I stopped for a while. But um, And then kind of relaunched it with social media. And social media was a game changer for small businesses. I know it was for me. So... I don't think you have this as a question, but (laughs) no, one thing I want to share on First Friday, one of the things that that we do in our gallery, uh, a lot of times we will try to have an interactive piece. Mm -hmm. I meant to put that on a question. I forgot. See, I read your mind. Yes, telepathy. Add that to your list of skills. There you go. Um, We have an interactive piece um, most of the time, most months we do, and and we do it in um, kind of in reaction to what the artist is showing. Um, and we've done all kinds of things. Um, we, we were trying to get better with our interactive pieces. But so for this show, I made I made the interactive piece, and it was very much a part of my show because um, it was a piece I was going to make anyway. And then midway through, thought, oh, this would be a great interactive piece. Um, and the the piece is based on the verse in Matthew when Peter comes to Jesus and said, you know, how many times should I forgive my neighbor? And he offers the number seven, you know, thinking he's being generous. I'll forgive him <laughs> seven times. And Jesus said, responded with 70 times seven. That's always stuck with me, that, that, that verse. You know, that, that's how many times we should forgive someone. And I, I don't think that 490 is actually the limit on the forgiveness. Literally. Right. But that number, I mean, ever since I was a kid, that number is always interesting to me. And, and mm-hmm. I thought, what does that number look like? Like, what does that look like physically, tangibly? Mm-hmm. Um, so I made, I made a piece um, called Forgiveness 70 times 7. And it's just a series of three big boards with 490 nails um, spaced evenly mm-hmm. in rows. And, then and I, there's actually 490 nails, right? Yes, there are, them out. Yes, there wow. are actually 490 nails. That's and then I made these little like ceramic chips that they sort of look like potato chips. That's kind they of their, do, yeah. kind of their shape, but they each have a hole in them so you can hang them up. So what I invited people to do, and and this was all written out like in a little card by the piece. I invited people to, um, to if they had ever been forgiven or forgiven someone, or even if they were deciding to forgive someone like in their heart if they couldn't do it in person, to hang a chip on a nail in remembrance just to kind of acknowledge this idea of forgiveness and that um, just to sort of think about it and on our first Friday um, that was really really touching to watch the public you know people I did not know interact with that piece Um, I watched a dad and his little boy talk about it and the dad explained and the kid couldn't have been more than eight but talked to him about forgiveness and um, it was just really sweet, and they both went and hung their little chip on. And actually, one of the chips, I was looking at it today, I think has chocolate on it. I think that might have been his. I'm not Aww. sure. Um, and then and then to watch other people just, you know, and people got teary mm-hmm. thinking about it. And um, and so that was really that was really neat to, to watch 
people because um, it's it's you know it was centered around a, a Bible verse, but the whole idea of forgiveness is um, generally just a you know a good way to to live with each other, mm-hmm. and I think something that maybe we're not great at right now in our country. I don't know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. So that was another thing that surprised me. I wasn't sure how people would would react to that piece, but um, it was it was um, received really well, and it seemed to be meaningful to people. Mm-hmm. I love that story about the father and son. It was pretty sweet. It was really sweet. They were some of the cry. first people to come through. Aww. Yeah, it was sweet. That's all the questions I have. I think that's good. I think that's good. Including so I, our one bonus question right, that, that you took from I, my brain. I, yes. Um, so tell us, so for those of you who are listening who don't live in the Richmond area and are interested in seeing some of Jennifer's work and kind of putting a, an image with the words that we've been yeah. sharing, where can, where can people find you? The, the best place I have, I have um, well, you can go to our website, um, mm-hmm. reachthenations.org. Is that a forward slash? slash? I don't um, know. Whatever Which... the slash is that you normally use. <laughs> and then edit. Um, and then you can see the gallery blog. If you go to the gallery blog, um, the my statement and then the gallery statement, which Farley wrote, which is really good, um, are both up with some of the images of the work. And just so you know, our gallery statements, Farley always writes them and does a great job at them. But they are like a response to the artist statement, and they are they are hanging in our gallery with the show, just as another way to engage the public and get them to think about what they're looking at. We don't want people just to walk through our gallery and sort of mindlessly look at art and walk out. We want them to experience it. Um, because we are trying to engage people on a deeper level, we are trying to help them through um, what we write, think a little more, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, think, think on yeah. a deeper level about what they're looking at because mm-hmm. we are talking about our faith with our art. So you can go to the website, um, reachthenations.org slash edit, if you want to see like a full catalog of the show, you can go to my Instagram page and I am at carved underscore in underscore mud. That's hard to say out loud. Carved, <laughs> carved in mud. The underscore. The underscore, yeah. Carved in mud. Um, and I have put up uh, pictures of, of each piece with, usually I write a little something about it, but that's um, another place you can see it. So um, thanks so much for listening. If you want to reach out to us, please email us at podcast at reachthenations.org and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Unedited. This podcast is produced in cooperation with Hillside Missions and Gallery Edit in Richmond, Virginia. You can reach us at podcast at reachthenations.org.